Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today our study is in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 13. Here's Pastor Ryan. Back in 1 Samuel, chapter 4, Israel was in big trouble because of their sins, and the Lord was allowing them to lose in their battles towards the Philistines because they were worshiping idols. And the judge at the time was was Eli, and Eli had not restrained his two wicked sons. His sons were wicked. And this was a judge of Israel, and he didn't check his two sons. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, they went out to battle the Philistines one day. And the Philistines destroyed them, killed 4,000 Israelites. And they asked, why has the Lord allowed this? Why has the Lord defeated us? And they thought to themselves, this is why, or this is what we can do. Why don't we bring the ark down from Shiloh, and the next time we fight the Philistines, we'll take the ark with us, and God will defeat our enemies. So you know the story. They do that, and the next time they went to battle against the Philistines, the Israelites were so excited that they had the ark. They were so assured that God would give them the victory because they had the ark of the covenant with them that they shouted really loud. And the Philistines began to panic. And then once they heard that the ark was there, the Philistines feared even more. They were panicking. But they rallied together rather than run away. The Philistines rallied. And some of the coolest verses about men being men comes from the enemies of the Lord. They said, be strong. And conduct yourselves like men. In other words, they said to one another, let's act like men. Conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines. That you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Men ought to fight, right? Christian men ought to fight to defend them, their families. It's a good thing. So instead of God giving the Israelites the victory because they had the ark... 30,000 Israelites were killed that day. God gave the victory to the Philistines. Which reminds us that just because one has a holy item, and there are many holy items out there, right? People have uh, necklaces that are crosses, earrings that are crosses, Bibles in their homes, crosses on their cars and it's not religious items that saves a person what saves a person is their faith in the son of god in jesus christ that is what saves a person not religious items and many deceive themselves because they think that because they have a cross or they go to church a couple times a year or or they say to themselves i believe in god but they don't follow him And it's obedience that God blesses. It's obedience that God delivers us from our enemies. Not just, you know, things that we convince ourselves that we're right with them. They ask Jesus Christ, what works must we do to do the work of God? 
And he said, to believe on him whom he sent. So with God, he sees us as those who believe in him and those who do not. And I remember having crosses and necklaces in my car. I lived like the world. I, did, I lived in sin. And how many people out there are living in sin, but yet they, they think because, you know, they went to church, you know, years ago. Or they were baptized as kids. Some even baptized as adults, but there's no fruit of change. The Lord says that we, if we abide in his word, we are his disciples indeed. If, you know, we will, he will know us by our fruit. We will know each other by our fruit. Christians who have been born again, you know, we sin, but we don't practice sin. And so what God is looking at with the Israelites and the ark was, you can take the ark into battle with you, but because they were in rebellion and unrepentive, he let them perish. And so that's a reminder. But also what happened in that story was they, they fled, they left the ark there. The Philistines took the ark ba back to their land and actually put it in their pagan temple of Dagon. So they put the ark of the covenant next to Dagon and the next day their statue of Dagon was had had fallen face first with its arms and legs broken but it was actually bowed down before the ark and then there was a god struck the men of the philistines with boils all over their body it was devastating and they tried to move the ark from here to there and everywhere they went god struck the men with terrible boils so much so that the priests got together of the philistines and they said you know the Israelites, they do sin offerings. So they did their own sin offering because they figured that's the way to make God not angry with them. And, and they did a sin offering. They made these golden uh, rats and they made golden tumors to represent the tumors. And they put it in a chest on a cart next to the ark. And they got two milk cows and they strapped the cows to it and the cows went off and they said let's see if it goes back towards israel if it does then we'll know that these tumors are because we had their ark sure enough where do you think the the cows went they went towards israel they were farming out at a place called beth shemesh and when the israelites saw the ark they rejoiced it's the ark coming solo with two cows pulling it the presence of god is coming the men there, they took a peek inside the ark. Mind you, the ark was held in the tabernacle. Nobody saw it but the high priest once a year. And now they presumed to look in it. And the Lord killed 50,070. Isn't that crazy? And then from there, they took it to where the ark is now. Like they called Abinadab and they consecrated his son, they took it, and they brought it to where we're at today, at Kerjal Jirim. That's how it got there. And it sat there, guys, since even before Saul was king. It sat there. So there's that reminder of, of God is holy. God is reverent. We, often, we, can, we can lose sight of that. We really can God is loving and gracious and kind. He's the God of the fatherless, God of the widow, God of the outcasts. But we ought to remember that he's holy as well. That the things of God must be 
handled with, with respect and with honor. And we'll get more into that. Verse 7, we read, So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, and on tambourines and cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. Isn't that crazy? So here they are. They show up there. David has a new cart built for the ark to be transferred. And then you have Uzzah here and Ohio. They're, they're the ones driving this cart. And then they came to a place where it was bumpy and it looked like the ark was going to fall. And Uzzah goes out to, to stop the ark from falling. And he struck down and killed. Now, like I said, God is, is holy. And, and the Bible says that blessed are those who fear the Lord, who have this honor for him, this respect for him. Was it a good thing for David to want the ark with them in Jerusalem? Absolutely. Was it a good thing for David to think of the spiritual well-being of the country first? Absolutely. But the, the problem is, is that when David went down there to get the ark with all of these mighty men and they were praising the Lord and celebrating with instruments and it looked awesome. It looked like this was a, a celebration. They had forgotten one thing. God's word had clearly prescribed the way the ark was to be transferred and carried. And it wasn't to be placed on a cart. In Exodus 25, it says that on the ark, there were these golden rings that were on, on the four corners, golden rings. And they had these acacia long poles that would go through it. And then you would have the, the Levites carry the ark on these poles. That was the way to go. Now, the Philistines, they put it on a cart. And look what happened to them. The Israelites at Beth Shemesh, they looked into the ark and look what happened to them. And so though they were worshiping the Lord in a very beautiful way, in God's estimation, there was disobedience happening. And that just teaches us so much about the holiness of God. That we can do something good like put spiritual things first. And we can do good things like worshiping the Lord. But obedience is even higher than the worship of God. Obedience is worship, I would say. Obedience is worship. And the reason why David was so upset, he doesn't understand. Look, God's like, you've done all this, wonderful. You're playing the songs, you're singing loud. But there's disobedience. And how many people have walked into church and they just lift up their hands, they're praising them. But they're like living in sin, they're in fornication, they're in adultery, they're in pornography. They're not walking with God. They're not 
abiding in Christ, but yet they, and, and, and God, you know, you, they, they deceive themselves to think, well, this is what God wants. No, what God wants is our obedience. The Bible says that obedience is better than our sacrifices. What are our sacrifices, our money, our tithing, our, our work? You know, let me, you know, do something for the, I just, you know, I'm going to write a check to the, to, the, to the orphans or the widows or the hospitals and I'm going to go do community, so I'm going to go do good works and God is saying, I want your obedience. Because obedience says to God, to Jesus, I belong to you. You're my Savior and my Lord. My life doesn't belong to me. Because what happens is if we praise him but don't obey him, it's like, it's like patronizing him. Telling him what you think he wants to hear. when it's not what he wants to hear. He wants obedience. Obedience says that we belong to him. Obedience and praise. That's worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Obedience. And then you come across uh, some folks that have the loudest praises and the loudest song but their lives are, are carnal. They don't seek the Lord in prayer. They're not in the word. So we need to be careful. There's a lot of weird worship going on within the, the church as a whole. One of the biggest ones that I'll pick on tonight is Bethel. Bethel has phenomenal sounding music. But if you look at their pastor, you look at their doctrine, they're in Northern California, you look at their, their prayer meetings, people are screaming and shaking their heads and rolling on the floor and falling over uncontrollably. And they blame that on the work of the Spirit, but you see it nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. Oh, well, Jesus said, I am He at the Garden of Gethsemane, and they all fell back. So we fall back from that one verse. Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, 24, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not in Weird things that are unbiblical. Now, I'm not condemning them. I'm just trying to educate, trying to show, because people will ask you as a Christian, what do you think of this? And they'll put a YouTube of their, they're screaming uncontrollably, guys. It's, it looks demonic. And one YouTuber put it together with Hinduism and how they move in their uh, uh, you know spiritualism and their worship in in India and they're making the same movements and they put them side by side and we can go on and on I, I think as we are in the last days you're going to see more and more churches do odd things but God is a God of order. He's not the author of confusion. And Paul and the Bible, God, he shows us how churches ought to be orderly. Not places where people are running around screaming or speaking in the middle of a sermon. Some churches, people will get up in the middle of a sermon and start speaking in tongues. 
tongues is a, a beautiful prayer language, praises to the Lord, but it must be done orderly and amongst believers at a different time, not just in the, in the middle of the sermons, but there's churches where you go in and it's just like, so the word doesn't hit the hearts of the people because of all the distractions. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 speaks all about that. 14 verse 32 through 33, it says, And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. There's a prescribed way. And when you think about, and I love worship, I, I mean, but I mean, how do you think David and the mighty men fell? We were praising God and this happens? Yeah, because obedience is more important. Whenever we counsel people, we go right to the obedience factor in their life. We, we try to find out how obedient they are to the basic fundamentals of Christianity, that they seek God daily in prayer, that they're in the word, that they go to church. These are the things that, that make for a healthy Christian. So that's where we go to. We ask. We try to find out. There are people who will think, oh, well, Calvary chapels are, are not exciting because there's not this big show, you know, laser light smoke machines and everything else. People shouting and, you know, and, and I would say, praise them hard. Shout to the Lord. Love him enough to praise him. Show the world how much you love Jesus, how grateful you are for the blood, for your salvation, and shout. But I love Calvary chapels because of their order. Some of the most enthusiastic people can, can also be some of the most disobedient people in other areas of their life. So we want to have that balance. There's also the lesson of not just anybody can touch that. Uzzah, Uzzah and Ahio, they drove that thing, but it was Uzzah who touched the car. The lesson is, hey, Uzzah, Uzzah wasn't a Levite. We'll read, and um, next week we'll get into where he does go get the, the, ar the ark, that he does it the right way. He calls the priests, the Levites, they go, they handle it right. And not on a cart, that's the way the Philistines did it. And so many seeker-friendly churches today, they want to do church the way the world does entertainment. Right? Have a big carnival, and people will come. We believe, teach the word, pray, love the sheep, and God will add daily those who would be saved. Because we're not, we're not in the business of filling seats, we're in the business of winning souls. But not just anyone. Like, what would you say if we were back at Hammerling Elementary School up the up the way we had, there was a large setup process could anyone just come in off of the streets and just start helping who would say yes and who would say no some would think like yeah what's the problem he just wants to help the more we look at scripture that's a no i mean you look at act six and the distributing of the food like god didn't want just anybody handing a paper plate of food to widows he goes, no, 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 no. Choose from among you seven guys full of the Holy Spirit, faith and wisdom. 
Like, I don't even want, like, the physical, like, yeah. So we have a potluck. We have we do potlucks here once a month, and the, the women are serving, and, and everyone's, but those helping with even the most minute thing in our church, we have to know who they are because they are the holy things of God. I mean, I've been to the Vatican. I've seen all the pomp and show of of Catholicism and the robes and the gold and the glitter and everything. It's all spectacular. That doesn't mean that the things that we deal with in our humble church are not holy. They're very holy. And just remember that sometimes a good thing is not necessarily the right thing. And as a pastor, that's something I have to balance because people will come to me about problems and situations and they'll say, but the loving thing to do is A, B, A, and B. But when we add God's discernment and word, sometimes a loving thing is, is something that the person coming up to me doesn't think is loving. Sometimes a loving thing is to give somebody that godly loving rebuke. It goes with its love. And the Lord says, you know, with all long suffering, Timothy, instruct, exhort, rebuke. Let no one despise your youth. Exhort, who, I mean, a rebuke, like, you know, getting corrected strongly for something wrong. It's the loving thing to do at times. And some people avoid it like the plague. It cannot be from God because it hurts. Oh, some of the most loving things that God calls for hurt. No one appreciates a chastening when they're receiving it but as we receive it from fathers how much more should we not receive it from our loving father who chastens us at times who 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 takes things away from us isn't it loving for a parent to take a a toy away from their child when they're being disobedient and spoiled and, and, and ungrateful isn't it the right medicine the loving thing to do is give me that toy. so again a good thing, giving your child a toy, may be a wrong thing sometimes. So it's it's interesting to be, God help us to have that, that discernment and, and to be careful. And so he was struck. And I, you know, I was, I was, uh, was talking to Pastor Andre um, th- this week on the phone and this very thing happened to him at his church this past weekend. And, you know, it was a, it was a guy who called and, and, um, wanted to go to the church and ended up walking from a couple miles away and they go they find out that he's homeless you know and they try to you know talk to him help him out you know see see what his story is but he was like 59 he's older and some of the young guys that Andre's discipling you know he showed up early to church and the young guys were like oh yeah sure you can help and the young guys had to go to the other side of the campus to the children's ministry room to pick some supplies up and take them back to the sanctuary and they brought that guy with them not knowing anything about him who knows you know, we need to protect the church of the Lord we welcome sinners we welcome new people but God also says to, to be discerning and um, he kept trying to help with the chairs and the guys after speaking with Pastor Andre, we're like, no, we got it, we got it. Just have a seat, have some coffee, have some donuts, chill, relax, you know, brother, relax. But not even to touch the chairs because God is watching. God is watching. That can't be love, that's wrong. 
No, it's biblical. Not just anybody can touch the stuff. Uzzah died, and David, here in verse 11, became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? He was afraid of God. And he asked a very good question that perhaps he should have asked before. God, how do I bring your ark up to us in Jerusalem? Man, I wish I can go back 13 years ago uh, when we started the church and apply that to so many things and mistakes that I made by not asking God, how should I do that in prayer? How should I do that? Doesn't that minister to you, with your family, your job, your friends? Had I stopped and just said, God, what should I do in this situation? How do I do this right? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.